Hey guys, welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. We are post super full blue moon. So I hope that everybody had either a good meditation or a good um, intention setting practice. And it is September 11th. So we are also post 99 portal, which we will touch on, but it feels like a very magical month. I don't know. Yeah. Well, September is every year sort of like the exclamation point to whatever it is that your like intention or theme or mm-hmm. like dream growth, whatever they are moving through, like September is like the exclamation point. And the reason why is it amplifies everything for the year. So if you're into numerology and if you know, like your personal year, so like I'm in a six year, um, September mm-hmm. is also a six month for me in a six year. So it doubles down on like all the themes of myself for this year. Same yeah. with you universally. If you're like, I don't know what you're talking about with numerology. Totally fine. All good. <laughs> know that is as a collective, we are in a seven year in numerology, which I've talked, we've talked about before about like, re- it's all about relationships, yes. partnerships, friendships, you know, commitments, work, blah, anything that has to do with relationships. And September is a seven month universally too. So it's seven, seven. Yeah. So it's a big uh... month for relationships. Funny that Venus went direct during it or at the beginning of it or whatever, right <clears> before <throat> it because Venus is also about relationships and love and romance and friendships. And then we're in a seven month in a seven year. And so not only is it amplifying things for you personally, wherever your numerology, but it's also amplifying everything for the collective in that we are in a seven year and a seven month. So it's all about relationships, friendships, commitments, all that stuff. So it's just a big, and it's, it's, it's the same every year. So like next September, we're in an eight year in, in energetically, which is about business and soul contracts and mm-hmm. destiny. And September will be the eighth month in the eight year. So again, it's going to be amplified. So September is always a pretty historically like charged month energetically. Do you know what's funny now that I'm listening to you talk about it and it makes so much sense is I can't remember if it was on Instagram or TikTok, but there was a girl who was like chatting with a friend or it was a clip from a podcast or something that I was watching. And they were talking about, she want, this girl was asking her friend, she's like, you know, for some reason, like September feels like the new year to me, like versus January 1st, like September feels like get your shit together, take, you know, like look at your life, like get organized, like whatever. And I was like, yes, actually I feel the same way. And I like, wasn't sure what it was about September, but that makes sense. Then I went back and I was also reading like my personal numerology and it was a very similar thing for September. It was basically like Lauren, modern astrologer had said, it's like put like processes in place, like get organized, like see what's working and what's not working, like so on and so forth. So it's funny. It just shows. And I know we say this all the time on this podcast, but we pick up on things intuitively, like the energy and like the themes. And we're like, why do we feel this way? And then it's like, oh, it's because this and this and this and this. Yeah. Well, it's also historically what everyone's going back to school. It's a new routine typically for each of the kids and the parents involved as well. Like, so if you have kids, don't forget, it's like, you know, obviously I haven't forgotten. You guys are probably so sick of talking about back to school, but anyways, (laughs) it's, you know, it's back. It's when football season, like new season start, like, you know, it's like that it's not a coincidence that like, intuitively or collectively a lot of these types of things start at this time of year too because to your point yeah it's like a fresh start or like a doubling down or reigniting of the things that you're like 
wanting for the rest of the year. It's also the same month that we have the autumn equinox, which is opposite the spring, which is the beginning Mm -hmm. of the astrological new year. So basically this month is the halfway point for the astrological new year, which is also a great time to kind of like reevaluate, like, what are your goals? What are your intentions? Where are you at with it? How are you feeling? You know, so, um, cause we're at that, we're at the halfway point for the astrological year, not the calendar year, but the astrological year. So that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I also want to touch on the nine, nine portal just quickly because I saw, um, you know, I did a little bit of work with nine, nine portal. I like wrote some intentions, pulled some cards, so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. Um, but I saw that I guess the energy hangs around for us to work with for about nine days after the portal. Mm-hmm. So is it more potent? Is it less potent? Is there anything like if you were unaware of the nine, nine portal, like I was until I saw your post about it and I was like, Oh my God, thank God for Cindy. Um, <laughs> is there anything that like people should be doing around it? So it, you're, there's no, I mean, maybe, I guess technically maybe it's a little more potent on the actual day of it. However, I really, I actually feel things more leading up to and after mm-hmm. the date, in, including whether it's a full moon, a new moon, an energy portal day, equinox, solstice. Like I tend to feel the energy a little bit more before and after and the day of it's kind of like everything's yeah. just sort of like blank or integrating. So you can still work with it now. It's it's all about endings and beginnings, right? So it's about like, and this one particularly was a lot about destiny, like what you're destined mm-hmm. for and uh, reevaluating or anchoring into is, is like the dream, your dream or something people have told you to want or told you to go after or what you've always been like, in, you know, like just encouraged to do but not actually really feeling it in your heart and your gut. Right. Um, and it yeah. also following the heels of the super full blue moon situation yes. thing that we had, uh, yes. which was like once in a blue moon things happening, this yes. nine, nine portal was like kind of piggybacking off of that. And essentially like, okay, what's that, what's that like pie in the sky, you know, what do they call it? Like slingshot or whatever goal. I don't know. Yeah. words, But like, goal that you have and maybe you actually write it down like maybe you actually say it out loud as an intention and then let it go like let the universe figure out the how uh but don't be afraid to like ask for it want it dream it feel it that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so and it's about endings i mean it was the endings and beginnings so you have it's like marie Kondo. you got to clear out the old before the new can come in so again Mm -hmm. perfect time for organizing if it's just cleaning up your space organizing some stuff bringing in some new art whatever it, that will help to shake up your energy and vibration and create space for new things to come in. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, and I agree with you. I'm definitely another one of those people where I felt the energy before the portal and I attributed it to the blue moon, which also absolutely could have been a big part of it. Um, but I felt it more like the week before I would Mm -hmm. say that actually during, so, um, it's interesting. Anyway, wait, did you start reading the Tinks book? Yes. Okay, I almost, it's funny, I, and Cindy and I were talking about this before we started recording, but I was in Park City and, of course, had a stack of books on my nightstand I wanted to bring and forgot and ended up buying a book in the bookstore. But I ended up looking at Tinks's book, and I was between that and, you know, this other book we'll talk about later. But I ended up not getting it because I wasn't sure if it was just about relationships. And I was like, well, I'm married. I've been married for six years. <laughs> like, 
yeah. I don't know if I need this book, but I love her. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm only a few chapters in and we can talk about it more. If anyone wants to read it, we're, we'll talk about it in a later episode. But the it's honestly interesting. It's a lot about relationships and how she views like okay. men and women relating, which, yeah, that has to do a lot with dating. But it's also about like just in general life. And it truly is like she does reframe everything back to like you, like if mm-hmm. you're not, which I do a lot with clients, too. If It's like if you're not happy or you're unavailable, then don't mm-hmm. be shocked if you keep manifesting unavailable men or people or relationships or partnerships or jobs, you know what I mean? Like you can relate it to a bunch of different things. She tends to relate a lot of it to dating, but a lot of Mm. you can relate to other areas of your life as well. My favorite part is so far about like the box theory where she says the difference between men and and women is when men meet you, they put you in one of three boxes and you cannot change boxes. You are in that box for life essentially. And when when women meet men, it's like, and it's like either they'll date you They'll, you know, sleep with you or they'll marry you or they'll yeah. friend you. I think I'm saying it wrong. There's only, I have to relook it, but it's I like, know what you're saying. They'll though. friend yeah. you, they'll marry you, or they'll just sleep with you. And that's it. Like you're, you know, and you can't switch yeah. box. You're in the box. That's it. When they meet you that they already, that's it. Um, mm. Which is why when women like try and keep going out with these guys and making it fit and doing all that stuff, it's like, it's kind of a waste of time. If they've already put you in the yeah. friend zone, like that's it. Like they may flirt with you, but like, you're not getting out of the friend zone. Whereas women will change their mind about men. You might meet somebody and think like, oh, he's someone I would just sleep with once. And then as you get to know mm-hmm. them, maybe like, oh, wait, this guy's like marriage material. I might, I, yeah. I kind of like this guy, you know, and you switch, you switch your, your box with them, mm-hmm. but they don't do that with us. So it's just, it's very fascinating the way she just describes it. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's true. So. Do you think it's because for us, like as women, we look at somebody and we look at them for like their whole person. Does that make sense? Not just like one piece of them, like in that moment, like we're able to see beyond like just that moment with them. Um, I do think that that's part of it that women take, I would say women take into account a lot more factors when making decisions than men do. Yeah. I, and I also feel that like, I think guys are really intuitive deep down. Yeah. And I also think they're very stubborn and intuitively. I think they're right. A lot of the times when they put a woman in a box and they are, and like, even as they get to know them, like they're, they're pretty intuitive. Like men are really, they're don't let them fool you. They're, they, yeah. They're intuitive. Okay. They might not say it that way, but they are. So when they put a woman in a box, I think that probably maybe eight times out of 10 or nine times out of 10, they're correct with it. Right. But that one or two times and they're not, they're so freaking stubborn. I don't think that they would admit that they were wrong to like switch them out of the box anyways. And so it's kind of a lost cause no matter what. Again, this is my experience with men and dating. So like, don't, you know, um, but they're pretty intuitive. Women, on the other hand, I think a lot of times, especially when it comes to dating, we have built up things in our mind before we get there that I think clouds the yes. situation. And then when they, we do open up to these other factors and allowing more things in and getting to them more, then we see like the truth of things. And not that women mm-hmm. aren't intuitive. I just think that sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and put a lot of merit and weight into things that don't necessarily deserve it. And so therefore we're putting a guy in a box that maybe he doesn't deserve yeah. to be in that box. But then as we get to know him, we, we then trust our intuition as we get going and we're like, oh, actually this guy needs to be in this box. Not this, not he needs to be in the, well, I'll just sleep with you once box. Not that I'm going to marry you box, you know, but it, 
Guys don't do all that ahead of time. They are very like whatever's in front of them is what they're seeing and they're making yeah. it. And if women did more of that, I think we'd be better with putting people in yeah. the right box the first time too. Well, it reminds me of like hearing you talk about like how we put so much merit into things, not necessarily you and I, or maybe not even our listeners. I don't know because I think our listeners are very in touch with themselves, very intuitive. But I think this will resonate when I say this. We're like, oh my God, we all have that friend that says this all the time. But one of the things that drives me crazy, and it's funny because I've heard Tinks talk about this a lot, is I have friends that are like, oh my God, he watched my Instagram story. He watched my Instagram story. He watched my, and I'm like, He's watching everybody's Instagram story because he's scrolling. I'm like, I watch your Instagram story. Does that mean I'm in love with you? No, I love you as a friend, but like, you know, that's all yeah. there is to it. Yeah. Um, and she talks about that all the time mm-hmm. on her podcast that it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Nope. And it's like, there's so many little things like that where people are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, mm-hmm. in reality, it's just part and parcel of their day. They're yep. watching everybody's story or whatever. So yep. yeah, that makes a lot of yep. sense. I get that That's all the time from clients. It's like, oh my God, my ex is reading my stories. Oh my God, he liked my post. What does that mean? Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't mean nothing. 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 Literally nothing. And if this is driving you nuts, you need to block that person or you need to mute them. You need to like you. mute them or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. because you're driving yourself insane. Because again, I think women overthink things are very analytical, which is fine. But we tend to have the monkey mind over analytical instead of dropping into our intuition first. And if you dropped into your intuition, like truly, truly, and let the mind, I guarantee you'd be on the same page with us saying it doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't mean anything. It does not mean anything. I would even go as far as saying if the guy's like texting you every once in a while here and there, it still doesn't mean anything. He's bored. Like, I have to be like actively pursuing you for it to like mean something. I agree. I totally agree with you. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny. Um, well, maybe I'll have to get the Tink's book now and just read it so we can talk about it. DJ, my husband's gonna be like, what are you reading? And why are you reading that? And I'm gonna be like, for the pod, for the pod. But again, for the pod, but also again, I feel like she does talk a lot about like stuff that is just for anybody going through life. And I, again, I feel like some of these principles could be applied to if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for a house, like don't get attached to things before it's actually there. Like the funny thing, this happened to me actually a lot recently where people are like, I didn't even know you were doing that. Or how come you didn't tell me? I'm like, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I do not tell people things until yes. it's like done, like yes. in the past almost, because I don't want people's energy around it. I mean, not that most people wouldn't be supportive mm-hmm. and excited, but I don't want people's energy all up in yes. that like space yes. and thing. And ugh. so anyways, my point is that Tink's talks all about that too, of just like, just, just live your life. Like you don't, you know, don't. Yes like let things yes. show up before you make all these big grand assumptions and like things about it. So it's funny. Cause that sentiment must be something that people really need to hear right now. Cause it's funny. I literally yesterday I was talking to my mom about something and I was telling my mom, one of the best, but simplest things that I have learned from you is from Cindy is that until something is a done deal, you do not tell anybody And it's not even because like you're afraid of their opinion or that they're going to blab to somebody or they're going to get involved. It literally is just because you don't know what their energy is around it and how it's impacting something you want. And I live by that now, like truly, I I live by that. Um, So it's funny that you just said that again, because I haven't said that to anybody in a really long time. And then we're talking about something with my dad and um I said to my mom, I was like, you have to call your father and tell him. And I was like, next time I see him, I will tell him. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I think people get excited and they want to tell everybody, which is amazing. But to your point, the energy, you don't know what kind of energy someone's sending out around it or yeah. not that they can sabotage something that's meant for you, but it can just delay it or make it like question, make you question it or yeah. just like, like the biggest yeah. one with me was when I was trying to find an apartment. Everyone was, I was like, I'm moving. And they're like, where are you moving to? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a place yet. And that was yeah. going on for like two months. Like I didn't have a place. Like I literally found this place like three days before I was like moving out. Yeah. And it was driving me nuts. So I stopped talking about it because I was like, I, yeah. I know that something I'm not like, I'm being called to move to this area. The universe is going to yeah. find me an apartment because that's just what I believe in. And, and I don't, I'm not like, you guys can think I'm crazy. Yeah. I don't care. I'm would rather be homeless than like live in this current apartment that I'm in. So like, that's what we're doing. And yeah. yeah. People like didn't get it. And I was just like, I'm done. We're done talking about this. We're done. I was like, I'm not telling anybody yeah. else until I was literally like pa- packing up, moving out. So. Yeah. No, I, and it's, it's funny because I, and at some point um, we'll talk more about this as we move forward, but this book I'm reading right now by Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk, he talks a lot about like doing things differently than most people and um, kind of taking like account of like what you do for you and because you're comfortable doing it that way versus what you do for other people, because that's like quote-unquote the norm or like what their values are and how they're two completely different things Mm -hmm. and in reality it's like just as a society we do things a certain way so consistently because it's quote-unquote like what we should do right and in reality like you're like I don't want to be in this situation like fuck it I'm gonna move out I'm gonna figure it out and the universe is gonna catch me and it did yeah so yeah yep um craziness yeah any other insights from his book that you want to share today oh my god I know there's a lot so it's funny because and I'm sure some of you probably follow him and I'm like very late to the game and I still don't have a lot of exposure to him outside of his book but um, I literally just picked it up at an airport bookstore. So I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And it's given me actually a lot of like podcast episode ideas for things that we should do. Because each book like explores a different piece of us, like everything from like forgiveness to fear to envy to um, like auditing your life, which I want to talk a little bit about today. Because I think it's a good, just like a really good exercise to do that um, I definitely plan on doing. But it's, I know you mentioned earlier, like the whole monkey mind thing. And, um, you know, his book is called Think Like a Monk. And he has the whole exercise. Like what I like is each chapter has like a different exercise to go with it. But one of the things that I found really interesting was this thing called monkey mind versus monk mind. And it kind of takes different like contrasting mindsets that we feel and it explores them in like, okay, like what's the root cause of it? Like what is the monk mind behind the monkey mind, right? So like, how do we look at these things that are causing like distress in our life? And how do we come out of like that confusion and that distraction and find like clarity, meaning direction, et cetera. So like one of the things on here is like um, monkey mind is like overwhelmed by multiple branches. Like if you're overwhelmed by all these things in your life, right. Which like, I think we feel every once in a while, like 
everything tends to happen at one time. And I know there's like a saying about that and it's so true. Um, but the monk mind, like of that's like the opposite thought of like, is being focused on like the root issue, right? Like what's the root thing that we need to figure out? Um, or like one of the things is like, if you feel like you constantly have this, like, you know, obsessive thought around like amplifying like negatives in your life or fears in your life, it's like, how do you work on breaking down those negatives or those fears? Um, like things like that. So overall, it's like this giant list. I'm not going to read all of it. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. And then the other thing that I loved in here that I think is just like kind of a quick and dirty thing people can do at home without having to sit, you know, and read like 300 pages of something that kind of like blew my mind was so he has this whole chapter on our values, right? Like, where do our values come from? Taking like an audit of our values, which like, if Cindy gets this and reads it, like we'll have to explore like the whole auditing your values thing further. But I really like this simple exercise of auditing your time. Um, Cause his whole thing, which really clicked for me is like, you can tell somebody till you're blue in the face. These are my values. This is what I enjoy, blah, blah, blah. But it's like your actions actually tell like the real story behind that. Right. Um, so it's like, kind of taking out like the works, like we all have to work to earn a living, right? It's just, you do what you have to do. It's like, what do we do in our spare time? And I haven't done this yet, but I need to. And I have been mindful of it since I read this book, like every little thing I'm like, do I want to do this? Why do I want to do this? Do I want to do this? Or do I feel pressured to do this? You know, like whatever. Yeah. Um, but this, he calls it an audit of your time. And basically he suggests spending a week tracking how much time you devote to the following family, friends, health, and self. And basically he said, note that we're leaving out things like sleeping, eating, working. Um, and it's just simply because like, these are things we kind of like have to do. And he leaves it to us to like set our own de definition of like when we are quote unquote, like officially at work versus where we make like extra work for ourselves. Um, so he talks about when we do this audit, the areas where we spend the most time should match what our values are. So like if your highest value is, you know, I love spending time with my husband or I love spending time with my kids and that's where I want to spend the most time and you do this audit and that's not what you're doing. Then like, it kind of gives you a chance to sit and be like, Oh my gosh, this isn't actually what I'm doing. Maybe this is why I feel burnt out or I'm unhappy. So on and so forth. Um, and he's basically like, once you do this audit, if it doesn't match up, it's a sign that you need to sit and kind of look closely about like how you're deciding to spend that time. And then he also says to ask, like, when you see, you know, okay, I'm spending, you know, this much time with a certain person that maybe like doesn't make me happy and I dread having to see them or whatever it is. It's like, what are the values behind that decision on how you spend your time? Um, you know, are the things that you're doing, like ultimately like serving those values and serving that mission or like something that Cindy and I have talked about a lot in the past is like, when you do your audit, like look at your media consumption. Are you sitting and scrolling TikTok or scrolling Instagram or watching the news where like you leave that and you feel so stressed, you know, because of like what's going on in the world, like then that's not really serving you, right? Um, something else we've talked about is like, you know, we tend to like talk about things or like, 
even like three minutes of meditation a day or whatever it is, right? And we look at that and we're like, oh, three minutes of scrolling social media, that's me time, right? That's, you know, that's me time I'm decompressing versus like three minutes of meditation. Like I can't tell you how many people have told me, oh, I don't have time to meditate. I'm too busy to meditate. I can only imagine how much you hear that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like one that I see on Instagram all the time is like, you know, maybe you're spending $7 a day on like coffee at Starbucks, which like no judgment. I love a good oat vanilla latte. I will never judge anybody for that. But then there's some people you say like, you know, why aren't you buying like real whole foods, you know, versus like a low fat, you know, splendor ridden, like whatever. And they're like, oh no, it's not worth it. Like that's too much, you know, da, 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 da. but then they'll go spend it, you know, on this other crazy thing. So it's interesting to see. It's interesting to think about. And I felt like this gave me for the first time kind of like a constructive way to think about it versus just like, oh, I I know I need to look at this or whatever, but like, how do I actually do that? So I thought it was really interesting. I really want to keep, you know, exploring the book um, because there's a lot of different like exercises like that that are easy to do. They're not overwhelming, but it gives you like an action to take, you know, so yeah. Um, two things. One, when you mentioned like, do I really want to do this or do I feel pressure to do this when they were doing the time audit or the yeah auditing your time yes. thing? That is literally the exact theme that we are going through with the nine, nine portal and uh. the Venus retrograde that just went direct. And I'd even say Mercury retrograde. That's literally the energy we're in right now. And I'd say through the end of September, because when I said earlier, like, is this something you really want to do? Or is this something like someone's convinced you to do or been told you to do? That's what I'm yes. talking about is like the way you said it. Do I want to do this? Or do I feel pressured to do this? That mm-hmm. feeling of just feeling pressured. That's what I'm talking about with the portal and what this energy of the moon, the blue moons illuminating the nine, nine portals. And that's the ending of this, right? It's like ending mm-hmm. those not only limiting beliefs, but just that thinking, that way of thinking or that bringing that unconscious subconscious into the conscious, right? Where now, like you said, I can now become more aware of these things. And if you do notice like your values are here, but your time's over here, then you can change Mm -hmm. it, right? That's what, and again, it's the ending of the unconscious way of being and consciously choose because most people would want to meditate. They just, subconsciously feel like they yes. don't have time so then they don't create time. You know what I mean? Like I know most people listening are yes. like, yeah, I'd love to meditate all this stuff. Like it's not that you don't want to do it. Like, duh. It's just subconsciously yeah. you convinced or you think you don't have time or, you know, it's not that people, most people don't want to be happy in their careers or fulfilled in what they're doing. It's just that subconsciously you've, you convince yourself you can't do it or you're good at this other thing or you can't make money doing it. But that's again, the energy of the portal. And I yes. feel like what his tools can help you achieve is the end result of, okay, now I'm becoming more conscious and aware. Now, what can I do with all this extra time, this extra, you know, energy, this extra clarity, right? But that's what this like September month in this portal is about. So it's like perfect that you brought that up. Like, it's great. Well, love it. And I wasn't going to bring this up till a future episode, but maybe it's meant to be right now. And this is the last thing I'll say on Jay Shetty, and then we can move on to the real hot gossip, which is all the breakups happening. Um. But really, before you kind of do this like time audit, he says to do this exercise called where did your values come from? And I was like, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And basically, it helps you because his whole thing is like when we tune out opinions, expectations, Mm -hmm. obligations, we feel like we have societal norms, 
we begin to like actually hear ourselves internally and with what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and he discusses the fact that like we have all these like very casual like influences on our life, right? Like our mm-hmm. parents, our family, the media, where we went to school, so on and so forth. And we don't realize how it shapes us mm-hmm. and how disconnected we get from, you know, our own values and what we want in life. And, you know, he talks about this because basically he um, had a massive amount of pressure from his parents to become a lawyer. And when he chose to give it all up and become a monk in India, they there was all of this like whispering in the community that basically he was a failure. And he's like, well, that's your value. That's not mm-hmm. my value, right? So he kind of had to like pick it apart. Um, and his whole thing is like, well, how do we figure out what these casual influences are on our life? Um, because there's so many like subliminal suggestions that we get and how do we see what those are? So he recommends write down some of like the values that you feel like have shaped your life next to each, write the origin and then put a check mark next to each value that you truly share. So basically the example is column one is value, column two is origin and column three is, is it true to me? So like the first value is kindness. He values being kind. The origin is his parent, right? So he has a check mark. The second value is appearance. The origin is media. And is it true to me? He has not in the same way. The third value is wealth. The, the origin is parent. And is it true to me? No. You know, so there's all of these things where it's interesting. I thought it was really interesting to explore like, okay, why do you want what you want? Like, why do you value what you value? And I feel like it plays into how you spend your time. So that's a theme right now. Like yeah. maybe, maybe we were meant, maybe I was meant to read this and share it. I don't know. Hopefully it helps yeah. somebody, but it helped me. So yeah, that's big for like manifesting. Like when I teach clients on manifesting, I have them write down. Mm-hmm. And this is my problem. It's just my one thing about Jay Shetty is I feel like he copy and paste. Like none of this is, he doesn't like give credit to where he gets it from. That's my one pet peeve with him is a little bit of like, this is, you know, like, but then again, I guess everyone's doing it. So I guess you can't really say like where it originated. It's not just him. No, it's not just him. So, but it's a very, that's a big manifest. Like we're with the clients. I'm like, write down all the things that you want, write down like, where did that want come from? When did you last get a true, is it something you really, you know? So, but that's again, like, I don't know where I first heard it probably from a therapist or my life coach or, you know, I don't know. So, but he's a lot of, a lot of his stuff sometimes feels rinse and repeat to me. And he gets all this like credit and doesn't give credit where it's due. And that like a little pet peeve of mine, but I guess we're all doing it in some way. So a lot of it's, especially with the way social media is now. So, um, wait, can I lead into the breakups with one more thing that I was going to say about what you said, about he was saying, okay. So first, and this came up, I literally heard this on the, we met at Acme podcast this weekend when I was listening to it, cause I love her podcast. Um, highly recommend for anyone who's single or dating immediately. It's we met at Acme. Um, Anyways, she was literally talking to someone who went through a breakup and they were talking about divorce, blah, blah, blah. And they were giving the example of like the thing, the straw that broke the camel's back in her marriage. I don't, I can't Uh, remember what it was. I don't even think, I don't think she actually even shared what it was, but they were making it up. Like she made him a chicken dinner and he threw it, threw down his fork and was like, I don't like this and left, like literally packed up and left and never came back again. And, but that's not exactly what happened, but just, you know, and they were saying, they're like, it's never about the thing. It's never about that. And I say this all the time with my clients. It's not about the meal you made. It's not about the pillows you're trying to sell. It's not about the trip you didn't get to go on. It's not about that your boyfriend didn't call you back when he was out with his, on his bachelor weekend. It's not, that is not the thing. Okay. It's not, there are 
you have to get to the root issue because I, it's never about the reason why you're arguing or what really caused the fight. There are other things yeah. underneath that are true, that are the real issue, but these are how it's manifesting. Cause either one, you're not aware of it or two, you just don't know how to express it in a healthy yeah. way. So it's coming out in this unhealthy way while you're screaming about pillows or how much money someone's spending or like what are shopping or whatever. Right. So I, I was laughing because you mentioned it from the, the book that you're the Jay Shetty book. And then that's also came up on a podcast. And I feel like it's very timely and topical with all the breakups that everyone's going through. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think one of them was like, they were saying like, um, I heard on Demois that Joe Jonas like saw something Sophie did on like a ring light camera or something. And then that's why he broke up. And immediately I was like, it's not about the ring light. Yeah. No, I mean, even, and then they said they, that probably wasn't true anyways, which is probably not, but yeah. it's just funny that people are like, Oh, he saw something on the ring light and that's why they're breaking up. Mm-hmm. It's not about the ring light guys. It's not about what yeah. he saw. like, there are other things that are wrong in the marriage that have probably been wrong for a little long time. And that's why they're actually breaking up. So I was just dying laughing. Um, was not, I was not really shocked by that one. We were talking about this earlier. I just felt like when I saw the two Jonas Bros get married around the same time, I was like, one of these isn't going to make it just, I guess, statistically, but also like intuitively. So I mean, I'm sorry they're breaking up, but I just wasn't too shocked by that one. Little yeah. shocked by um, Joe and Sophia. I was a little shocked by that one when that one came out. And oh, I was I forgot old, about but... that one. Yeah, yeah that I one. Like I was a little together. I really liked them together. And he, I liked that he had had a crush on her for like a really long time. And they finally got together. Yes. Like, you know, I just I feel that one. I would love to know, like, what's really going on behind the scenes, because I think there's obviously more that meets the eye was not shocked by Brittany and Sam. I feel like as soon as no, she got her, sadly. I think he liked I think it worked when she was I don't want to use the word like controlled, but kind of technically in her power yes powerless in when she had the conservatorship and as soon as that went away I was like oh I have a feeling and then I'm not saying that's the only thing but I just feel like she's got more freedom and power now and I think that he's not maybe serving the same like need for her as she originally yeah needed when they were together so that one didn't shock me and then who am I missing like I'm missing somebody Carl and Lindsay which did not shock me at all literally did not shock me at all I'm very curious to see how that plays out I have never been a fan of hers um she just seems like very classic mean girl and I like him a lot and it's interesting as we're talking about this it's funny because the media right now is vilifying Sophie right in the Joe Jonas breakup but then in the Carl and Lindsay breakup they're vilifying Carl and just neither of those feel right to me no at all so it's no. interesting to me to see who the media is choosing to like go after yeah that is fascinating and I also I've always liked Carl I yeah might be wrong one day but I've always I've liked him from day one even when he was still drinking yeah. and not sober I've loved him since he's been sober you know he's going to yeah. therapy he's doing the work he's and like Maybe it's just the show, but also I feel like Lindsay has historically been painted as kind of a mean girl and the fact that what she did to her best friend last season, which again, production may have made it seem a little, you know, more than it was. Mm. However, it still was enough that there was there that they like, yeah, that was bad. It It was really bad. And I'm sorry if you're doing that to your best friend, like, what are you doing in your relationship? Like, that's my big thing is I learned this the hard way in my own life in a very difficult situation in college that 
if someone's going to treat a best friend or someone close to them, hell, even a, a stranger on the street yes. in a negative way, they will do it to you too. Yeah, there is nothing that will prevent them from doing it to you. And I learned that lesson the hard way and I've seen mm-hmm. it. I have never not seen it be true. So I don't, yeah. don't like to speak in absolutes, like never and always, but I have never not seen that be true. If someone's going to treat their best friend or a stranger on the street or a waiter or something like crap, they are eventually yeah. going to do that to you. And I, I just think agree. that that's probably what's happening with Carl Lindsay. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. blaming Carl. I'm like, huh? And like yeah. starting rumors, like you mentioned this before in the PR world, like mm-hmm. a rumor that he was cheating on her, but like, where well, I'd has be it, curious. there's like no evidence to support that. Yeah. I would just be curious to know the rumors about Carl cheating, getting somebody pregnant, whatever, yeah. which like, maybe it is true. We have no idea, but um, I'd be curious to know where there's those rumors started. Cause I think it's one of two places. People forget that before Lindsay was on summer house, she was a publicist. So she knows how that world works. I'd be curious if she started those rumors herself to kind of get ahead of things. Um, Or number two, you know, Summer House, historically, the ratings and viewership have been going down. And or it's somebody from production that started Mm -hmm. rumors, because what better way to get people to tune back in that maybe had dropped off the last few seasons than this type of explosive rumor that revolves around two more or less of like the original cast members for sure um, that they watched in the beginning to get people to come back and say, Oh my God, I just have to see how this plays out. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you know, you've watched an entire season of summer house and the viewership is up. Yeah. So I would be very curious. I don't think we'll ever know, but I would be curious about that. Yeah. And the whole thing of her being blindsided by him breaking up with her, total BS. I'm sorry. Like, you know when this is coming. Intuitively, just think of your own life. Like, you know, you know when you're about to get fired. You know when you're about to be, when there's cuts coming in the company. You know when you're about to get broken up with or things aren't working out. Like, I'm sorry. It is nothing's up. Now, the friends may not have been like, because they were saying like people couldn't get their deposits back for the hotel and all their stuff. Now, that, eh, I don't know if they know, you don't always know what's going on in a marriage, but, but, or an engagement partnership. However, the other person, I guarantee you, she freaking knew. She knew. She knew it was coming. She may not have known the exact day, but she knew. Like, you know. So, like, that's the only thing they're trying to say is like, he blindsided her. And I'm like, that is physically impossible. Like, yeah, no, they're maybe trying to get yeah. ratings up and stuff. But anyway, I, yeah. again, I've always liked Carl. I hope he comes out in a better light from this and from yes. this, maybe when this show actually airs, because I just want to believe in a world where guys and men and even women who are like doing the work and going to therapy and doing what's yeah. right for them and getting sober and making their lives better that they end up happy. And I just yeah. want that. So I agree. I don't I want totally to be at someone agree. else's like expense of being unhappy that they're happy, but I just yes. really have, that's the kind of world I believe in and live in. So yeah, hold space. No, I'm with you. I think um, that's a good way to think about it. All right. Before we wrap this shindig up, did you see Kylie Jenner and Timothy Chalamet's PDA all weekend? Yes. Can I tell you that it's been like giving me life? <laughs> I love it. I think they're so I'm obsessed. cute together. It's so random, but I'm obsessed with them. It's so random. It is so cute. I'm telling you, anyone who's like, let me tell you something. Anyone who is single and looking to mingle out there, 
You need to go watch some of these little videos and these little clips because that is the energy of Kylie is what you need to be in when you are out and about in the world. And I just think maybe she's putting it on a little bit for the camera, but a few of the times I don't think she realized they were being filmed and like you can actually see her like just flirting. Like that is the energy you need to be in. Like get whatever you got to do to get yourself in that vibe because that's how you're going to attract like a person for yourself. And I think a lot of times we go out not feeling great or not feeling confident. So sorry, sidebar about that. I'm obsessed with them. I think it's hilarious. I don't really think it's going to go anywhere or going to last, but I just think it is so fun and innocent and cute. And I'm just obsessed. I'm obsessed. I also love Timothy Chalamet. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I think I love it. Um, Um, wait, can we talk about the U S open though? Cause I think they were there too. Yes. 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 Um, like cried at the end. I cried. I was crying so hard. Um, because um Djokovic put on he won. Spoiler alert. I hope someone I hope, I hope everybody. Sorry, I guess I should have yeah. spoiler alert. Um, but I think it's not a shock that he won. Or not a shock that that news is out there. But he put on a t-shirt with him and Kobe Bryant. Oh, and it said Mamba, that. which oh. is like I believe like his like phrase or his yes. like Yes, um, Kobe like, Bryant's thing. Yeah. Yes, Kobe Bryant's thing, essentially. And they were friends. Yeah. And in his yeah. interview post the you know winning or whatever, um, Djokovic was talking about how when he was coming back from an injury and going through a really tough time, he reached out to Kobe and they chatted a lot. And he said he really helped yeah. him through this really tough time with this, with this uh like messaging and just like helping him through. And now he's back winning his 24th yeah. Grand Slam. Yeah. And funny enough, Kobe Bryant's number was 24 at one point. Yeah. And so uh, I was like, oh my God, I had like full body uh, chills that yeah. his 24th Grand Slam was back in the US. In, you know, and it was like he wore the shirt. I mean, obviously, he had it planned ahead and I wore the shirt with his friend and I was just like bawling, yes. crying. It was good. And then uh, on top of it, there was this giant, beautiful butterfly that was flying all over the court, like landing on spectators, flying across in front of the ball. Like it was huge. Absolutely. And they were, they were showing on the TV, like on the video, because like the, um, like whoever was broadcasting it, they're like, you can't not miss it. I mean, it was giant. And I was just like, oh my God, who is this? In the beginning, I was like, who is this butterfly? I think it was Kobe Bryant visiting him. Cause at the end, it was insane. It was just like, the most I don't usually watch sports, but I just like intuitively yeah. want to watch this. And it was just the most beautiful. And he's the oldest guy to ever won it. He's 36, which is not that old, but it's just, I don't know. It was just such yeah. a feel good, like cool story and moment. And I loved it. So oh, I love that. I'll have yeah. to go back and watch that clip. Yeah. That's yeah. Really I'm sure there's cool. just a clip of it at the end. And he was just talking about his friend and you know, was just saying Mamba forever. And just it was just yeah, amazing. I heard this, I'll end with this, which um I read this in a book of poetry that I picked up Why I'm reading poetry. I don't know, but that's what I'm doing these days. And um, in the end, oh God, I hope I can say this right. It said, and I don't, I think this is a quote from someone else, obviously, but um, like death is just the end of a life. It's not the end of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was just so beautiful. And I felt like the yes. whole- Djokovic U.S. Open situation yes. with was like a perfect example of that. Like, death is the no, end of a life; it's not the end of the relationship. Yeah, I think you think about like I we all once again it's like one of those things we all have a relationship like that, right? And it's 
funny you say that now because last week was the anniversary of Casey's passing. Oh. And, um, you know, she's still around, like still sends signs, like just yeah. in a different form. And it's, it's yeah. always sad to lose somebody, but they're always with you. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, well, we'll have to explore that more in the next episode. Um, I have like still like half of my list of things. I'm like, we didn't I was gonna say, even we, talk for an hour. I, like we didn't a, even get to. I know, I feel, I know, so I know, but I feel, time, like we, I feel like this is a good place to end. I feel like it was, yes, uh, we ended I on like agree. a fun high is no, yes. and yeah, we literally Absolutely. have like, we keep a notes doc between the two of us and just keep adding things. And we literally have like pure three chaos. pages of notes that we have not gotten to. Pure and chaos. I'm like, we, yeah, it's pure chaos. <laughs> I was looking at it this morning because if anyone were to see this, they'd be like, what is going on in their head? And they, I know they'd probably um, be like, none of this makes sense. And I'm like, no, it yeah. does. I feel like we no, tied this per- all. Somehow to us, it makes perfect sense. It made perfect yeah. sense, especially today. This is great. Love it. Anyway, um, thanks for listening, guys. If you like Slightly Spiritual, please go give us a review on iTunes and help us reach more people because that's our goal. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys.